You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. Hi, my name is Sam Harris-Thomas. I'm a dual qualified nurse, I'm an adult nurse and a specialist community public health nurse, which in short is a school nurse, um, which is what my current role is. I am mum to two absolute legends, Avery and Rowan, and they are my everything, they're my wonder girls. So welcome back listeners, this is our third episode of the Mother of All Solutions mini-series and today I'm interviewing my neighbourhood friend Sam Harris-Thomas, so hello Sam. Hello. How are you today? Okay, I'm at work. (laughs) You're at work, so you're having your lunch break? I'm on my lunch break now, yeah. Perfect, yeah. No, it's nice to take a step away from the norm, okay, and we're going to talk much more about your work so we'll come back to that in a minute but okay brilliant <laughs> but you're working from home at the minute Sam I know you've introduced yourself as a nurse in your intro section but you are at home on your lunch break currently um no I'm actually in the office oh you're in the I'm office here by ah. myself yeah I'm here by myself um most people are working from home but they had to have someone in to come and okay. check everything's okay so I I allocated myself I was like okay I'll come in so no you're tucked problem. in. No, oh, so when I was asking, oh, get some pillows around you, you were actually like, there's no pillows here. I'm in an office. Yeah. I just like... None. <laughs> I've just got my willy jump, my fluffy jumper that I can put around my phone. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we won't have them. No offense to the kids, but at least we won't have the kids coming in and gate crashing no. the conversation. No. Because they would like actively <laughs> gate crash it on purpose. No, they're lovely. They're lovely. So let's, <laughs> let's. Sorry, this is this is me enjoying a Christmas vibe. Okay, because it's December. We're on Zoom. You're in the office. I'm at home. Both on lunch breaks from work. So let's kind of kind of get going with the core of the interview. Because otherwise, our workplace will be like, come on, clock back in. I know, right? So, so I'm really pleased to be interviewing you for the episode. Um, so by way of intro to our listeners about how we know each other, I mentioned you're a neighbourhood friend. You have yes. one daughter, your eldest, Avery, who's at the same school as my daughter, Rowan, but she's yes. the year below mine. Um, but we got to know each other because then your second daughter is called Rowan. And yes. I think somebody introduced us and was like, you both have girls called Rowan. And it was like a revelation because there's not many Absolutely. female Rowans, is there? So No, there aren't. And I think what happened was Avery joined uh, nursery and I was pregnant with um, Ro, my Ro. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd already named her because um, their dad, Ashley, is very keen on we must have a name. He's a planner. He's here. He's absolutely a planner. He's the organiser <laughs> out of the two of us. And um, I remember they, uh, I think your row had just gone into the year above. Mm. And um, they were talking about uh, the year, the class ahead uh-huh. and how they were a really lovely class. And um, one of the teachers said, oh, yes, Rowan went up to reception. And Avery said, no, Rowan's in mummy's tummy. And the nursery teachers just kind of looked at me and I was like, that's the name of the new baby Yeah, she helped us pick. And now everybody's (laughs) tripping out going, what, who, where? What? Yeah, Yeah, literally. And I think then we met outside the school gates. Yay. And we've way, had, yeah. yeah, no, and it's lovely. And I've loved getting to know you a little bit. Obviously, this year hasn't allowed us to get to know each other better, which is why no. it's nice 
that you've come on the podcast because um, we've interviewed other school mums before, you know, Maria, and there's been other voices in. So it's great that you're like next in line with the Ray School MOAS <laughs> interviews. So let's pick up about you. You've introduced yourselves, you introduced yourself at the very beginning. You've explained yeah. that you're a nurse, but you've got quite a, a kind of complicated dual role within nursing. So tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do and how you've got to that point. So I am, uh, I mentioned at the beginning, I'm a, I'm a dual, a dual qualified nurse. So I'm a registered adult nurse and I did a postgraduate diploma to top up um, my qualification and it's given me an extra qualification as it were to become a specialist and mm. I'm what is known as a specialist community public health nurse it's a very long name it's a good um, good long name <laughs> it is a good long name uh, in short I took um basically to give some context so a specialist community public health nurse um has various streams um one being district nursing another being health visiting and okay. my stream which is school nursing Okay. Um, and so now I work as a school nurse. Great. Which is very, very different to adult nursing because previously I was a community staff nurse yeah. working with el- the elderly. So you've had um, a complete so it's shift. Very, very different. Yeah, and, complete, like an absolute 180 and, from what I was doing before. And has this shift come about in the past year? Because that's my understanding, or was that shift pre pandemic that you, I mean, obviously you were studying to do your postgraduate diploma a while ago but in terms of you qualifying and making that career shift Sam when did that all take place so I would say actually my whole nursing career Mm. has been a career shift okay um I didn't actually start my nursing until I was 26 okay um what were you doing before I uh, oh so many things Laura I (laughs) (laughs) I was one of those people that I was kind of always at school a jack of all trades and I yeah yeah but also what? didn't have a lot of confidence in mm. my ability. Mm. So I initially went to uni to do teaching. Okay. I didn't um, know this. When so I was 20, cool. yeah. Mm. Uh, so Primary teaching. teaching. Primary education, mm-hmm. yeah. I did um, two years of that. Okay. And absolutely hated it. <laughs> I didn't know what no you were going to say to teachers. I didn't know which way you were going to no. go. I mean, no offence to teachers. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Mm. It was just not for me. Oh, yeah. Completely um, get it. Mm. It just wasn't for me. And then went, but but being brought up in London and being brought up in kind of the environment, the school environment and academic environment that I went to, it was all about going, doing the right track. Yeah. Okay. So going to school, doing your A-levels, going to uni. Yeah. So when I left the nursing course, there was kind of no, I in my head, I felt there was no other option but to try another course. Yeah. So this is when you left the... So I, teaching course yeah. so this is when I left the teaching okay and then I went and did a um degree in sports science and social anthropology okay yeah I don't know what and to say I'm just going yep yep yeah that's good, I know that's good. like completely different absolutely love the anthropology aspect yeah. of it uh finished with not a particularly good grade life gets in the way you mm. know as a young person yeah and um but couldn't find a job mm. because such a niche cook like what I don't know what I was thinking to be honest I kind of you know that you do the whole learn what you you're passionate about I was really passionate about sport and I was really interested in people so I thought it was a good combo yeah I can see the logic very limited yeah yeah Yeah. but left very very limited options Mm. (laughs) so I then got a job working in a betting shop yeah 
well, sport, right? And, I mean, and anthropology, well, seeing how people react. Yeah. And that was, and actually that's one of the reasons I did it because I did my dissertation on the culture of a betting shop. Yeah, yeah. I thought the sports element and also the, mm. the social element of it. Mm. And um, started working in the, in the bookies um, and met my now husband. Ooh. And he said to me, you know, you can't just work in a bookies for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I was saying, well, I could. I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, you know, get it's an honest it. income and, you know, yeah. It yeah. is, exactly. But he was like, no, Sam, like, you know, what have you always wanted to do? Yeah. And I thought, well, actually, I always had aspirations to do, to be a midwife. Okay. Um, and I just kind of didn't know how to get into it. And I also come from a background where my mum was a uh, mental health nurse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, previously known as a psychi- psychiatric nurse, but mm. she was a um, eating disorder specialist nurse. Okay, yeah. And my dad was a social worker. Yeah. And so both of them had tried to put me off. Oh, it's interesting. Those mm. roles yeah. because they're so intense and, you know, rewarding, but really, really heavy. And um, so I kind of never pursued going into the NHS in in that kind of capacity. And Ashley is the type of person just says, well, go and do it then. Yeah, try it and see, yeah. So just try it and see. Mm. So I did. Um, But so I was was 25 when we sort of had this conversation and 26 when I went back to college Mm -hmm. because I realised that in this country... Um, I don't know if people know, but your GCSEs expire after five years. Oh, no, I didn't completing them. Yeah. So it's a bit like your driving theory test. Doesn't that expire? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So they so I had to go back to college to get the GCSE equivalent for nursing. So I did something called an access to nursing course. Okay. Um, Got into uni to do midwifery. And I remember they said on the first sort of induction week, the only recognised form of nursing globally was adult nursing. Okay. And sort of at the time we were pre-kids, so mm-hmm. we thought, you know, if we ever wanted to travel, uh, Ash is a engineer yeah. by background, he's a mechanical engineer by training. So we thought, you know, if we ever go, want to travel yeah. and work, it's going to be more difficult for me to be a midwife. Mm-hmm. So I changed to adult nursing. Okay. And so I was 26 at the time and... Um, so I so I started that mm. adult nursing and mm. and and sort of about three months in was thinking oh, I should have just stuck with midwifery midwifery mm. but upon that I fell pregnant with Avery yeah um, in my first year of my degree and yeah. she to give some context I had had six miscarriages before yeah. her um, yeah. with Ash so. When I fell pregnant with her, there was no yeah. option. She, she's I was absolutely having her. Ready, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. regardless of the course. Yeah. Um, but she was a great motivator to go back. And there was kind of no mm. thought in my mind, which was the first time, I think, in my academic career mm. that I had confidence in doing my decision that I'd made yeah. um, to go back and, and complete the course. So mm. I had nine months off and I went back and I literally just went back and cracked on powered through and, it so um, then you're like yeah powered absolutely powered through and yeah and in that time obviously with a new baby you have a health visitor mm-hmm. and met my health visitor who was great yeah um, in Lambeth at the time and 
discovered that they had you had to be a nurse to be a health visitor which I did not know I didn't know that I'm learning all these things here Sam this is like yeah so you had to be a nurse to be a health visitor and so I remember sort of like probing my Mm. health visitor as well like oh so like how did you get into that and she was like oh when you finish the course your nursing course you can do something called they they call it you know the skiffin which is the shortened version of the 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 skiffin it sounds something like like victorian bakery or something I don't know. <laughs> yeah I so that's the acronym of the the super long title so you can do the skiffin course mm-hmm. and so when i did some researching you know finishing off my nursing yeah um you know while i was doing my degree and and doing that i sort of started looking into how i would get into the skiffin yeah, yeah. and um and then so i kind of had my goal yeah. that i would finish i qualified in 2018 yeah i was then going to work for a year um, and then apply for the course, the okay. postgraduate diploma. Um, however, what happened <laughs> is that I found out that I fell pregnant with Myro oh. in my final year of uni on my final um, placement. Yeah. Um, who had also offered me a job um, at the time. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So that was so that was like a whole load to kind of process taking yeah, yeah, yeah. because she she came out of the blue yeah um and I remember saying to my boss when I come back I'm going to be six months pregnant is that okay yeah when I qualify you yeah. know when I completely finish in September and she said absolutely, absolutely. that's fine you're the right person and for so the I, job. we want you yeah yeah that's it yeah so I so I went back and um, I went back six months pregnant. Yeah. Uh, my last day at work was the 27th of November and mm-hmm. I had Rowan on the 30th, yeah. 2018. <laughs> and um, I was working, really enjoying my work. And during maternity, I just felt as much as I loved it, I was really sort of going down the elderly care stream. Okay. And a lot of the patients that I work with Mm. sort of anecdotally would say if I'd had support when I was younger I wouldn't necessarily be in this position now Mm. and so when I looked into doing the Skiffen course I realized that I could do the school nurse stream which is five to 19 years old rather than health visiting um and so I because health visiting is just up to age five it's zero to five zero to five yeah zero to five Mm. and so went to decided to do the school nursing stream Mm. and even without having the year's experience I just had three months Mm. somebody gave me an opportunity and you probably had really good recommendations from previous mentors employees workplaces you know you probably you know your talents probably shone through Sam so I mean I'm not in your field I really appreciate that no no you know what I I don't know. I, I mean, I... No, oh, come on. I for mean, the I... first time in my life, I think... You know when you're younger... Oh, I'll think I back. Hang on a minute. Everybody. Give me quite a while to get my headspace back to younger, right? Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm imagining being younger now, Sam. But you know, when you, you know when you're at school, and i now working with young people, but I've always thought it, you know, you're 14 mm. when you're made to make big life oh, decisions. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard. Right. You've got to choose your GCSE options when you're 14. Yeah. And those can really map out the rest of your life. Yeah. And unlike a lot of my friends, I had no clue Mm. what I wanted to do. Yeah. And even when I started the nursing journey, I still had no clue what I wanted to do. Yeah. None. And, uh, but 
I found for now mm. something that I'm deeply passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Which is working with young people. Yeah. In the type of capacity that I I work in. Yeah. Um and and also this job when I was at school 20 plus years ago a school nurse was someone that sat there and waited for you to hurt yourself. They were like a medical officer. Yeah. And that's not what school nursing no, is No, no, no. It's, it's probably way more complex, I imagine. Maybe we can pick up a bit on the current role and where you're going mm-hmm. with school nurse, especially in the context of the pandemic. But just before we get into that, there's two things I wanted to pick up on. Um, of course. One around the idea of you saying you were a jack of all trades and how do you know early on what to do? And I think I was a bit like that as well and probably still am a bit like that. Um, and I think there's lots of people, there'll be listeners thinking that's me too. I was never one of those people that always knew exactly what path I was on, either by default because you're good at something but not the other stuff yeah. or by like real passion and drive that you just find it and you go with it. So there's probably lots of us out there, but I think it's better understood now. I think, you know, there's lots, if you listen and you listen to podcasts, I know because that's how we also chatted about, would you come on to this? You're like, I like podcasts, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of chat around the idea of squiggly careers and like taking on projects rather than necessarily a formal career path especially in such an uncertain world that we live in and not calling yourself a jack of all trades but a generalist seems to be more like readily accepted a bit now maybe true but I don't know whether that necessarily translates back into school systems when you have kind of careers advice being quite one direction of a kind of yeah but anyhow I just think it's interesting so I suppose my emphasizing that is a bit of empathy because I don't think you're alone in that and I think our listeners will also empathize and understand that but it's really great that you're interested in trying stuff out I think that's the thing you've not stopped have you you've kept reinventing or shifting and you know managing that and obviously you had that connection and I know your mum a little bit from the school runs you kind of had saw the stresses and strains of her being a nurse especially within psychiatry and mental health but you also saw the value from it and you interrogated that and talked with Ash as a kind of good partnership that you are and you know you've worked through it so that was one thing I suppose that's just me kind of reflecting on what you said so far and then yeah the second thing I suppose you've had obviously sadly it took you a while to get to have Avery and then Rowan Mm -hmm. on the reverse came quickly you know so I suppose could you tell us a weeny bit more about just obviously you've been training and studying and seeking employment amongst all those maternity periods rather than just you know some people are in a job for a long time and then they have a very sort of standard maternity route do you want to just say a little bit more about your I suppose your enjoyment of that or your support around that like did you find that quite stressful did it impinge on anything in terms of you with your beautiful girls or did you just roll with it maybe say a little bit more so yeah no absolutely so I think in terms of I didn't get a lot of support from uni Mm. okay when I um well let me rephrase that I didn't get a lot of support from the course director at my uni okay however my um course lead who is different Mm. was fantastic Mm. and I was able to uh, defer a year and and so I was a 2014 entry Mm. and so I went I joined the class of 2015 yeah and I mean I I had a really that funnily enough 
in my year group, you know, we, my university, which I had a fantastic experience, to be honest, mm-hmm. and they were a great uni for nursing. Yeah. I went to London South Bank University. Oh, okay, yeah. And of course, everybody, you know, people here in London South Bank, and it's not a, you know, it's not a red brick uni. It's not one of the top standing, apparently. However, it is one of the best for nursing. Yeah, and I yeah. completely understand why. Yeah. Um, and it, I chose it on the basis that it was a really London-based uni. It was very diverse. Yeah, yeah. My cohort was really diverse. I was convinced that I would be one of the eldest, eldest there. Yeah. I was not. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was yeah, wild yeah. and wonderful. It was brilliant. And to have that kind of experience going in, um, and I wasn't alone in in being that I had come from different pathways in. Mm. Um, so having the support of your colleagues. And then when I um, went to the year below, rejoined and went down to the year below because Mm. I'd missed um, my second year having, having, um, being on maternity leave. Mm. Um, There wasn't my, there were a few girls from the year, from my year group who had also had children. So we were all in the same boat and were able to rejoin um, 2015 cohort and finish as well. Mm. And I think that was really good in that support because I had that, um, that, you know, that real support network yeah, from my yeah. other colleagues. However, in terms of being a student, the stigma that comes with being a student and being a parent, for me, I experienced lots of things okay. um, in that uh, really multifac- multifaceted mm. um, experience. One, mm. when you're a student nurse, you have to say, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, and that is it. Okay. If I needed to do three night shifts... I had to do three night shifts. Yeah, it didn't matter and, if you hadn't slept. Um, and yeah, yeah. It didn't matter if yeah. I hadn't slept. It didn't matter, you know. And and that's yeah. a sad thing because you think mm. the NHS is a great institution. However, there is there are cultural issues in within it. And okay. when I say the culture, I mean the culture of the NHS mm. and the stigma that comes with nursing. Mm. Because for the first time during this pandemic, there's been a recognition of the hard work that nurses do however being a nurse I know that really that's for the frontline staff yeah the ones that you could see on the tv in the full ppe working on on patients who are really suffering from during this pandemic and there's still this hierarchy within nursing that if you work in the okay. community you're not working as hard mm. and I'm speaking very generally of course, there are other, of course I know there are nurses out there that would be like no it's not like yeah, that yeah. no but that has been my experience is that when I went from the ward to community why do you want to go to the community you're going to lose your skills and, and status by the sounds of it there was a bit of a kind of absolutely. vibe of that mm. 100 percent mm. and when I went from the community to this again you're going to lose your skills. Okay, I might not be as up to date on my wound dressing mm. and my other types of clinical skills that I had, but I've gained mm. other clinical skills, predominantly a lot of mental health skilling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've skilled up in terms of my mental health um, training and stuff like that. So it is very different. And I mm. could have not wholeheartedly finished my nursing if mm. I didn't have my parents, yeah. my mum, and my other half. Yeah. Like there is no way I could have done it because if I had, they had to work around me. Yeah. And I, that, you know, that in turn, on top of the fact that I had my fertility issues, mm. 
and I and and like we're saying, you know, I've mm. labelled myself as a jack of all trades, but mm. it's one thing, you know, there's a stigma that comes with that as as we sort of touched mm. on. But I'm a trier. I am a trier. Yeah. I've always kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. like given my positive is that I'm a trier and I kind of crack on and just get on with it. Yeah, I love that attitude, but, Sam. You can feel it. it well, it, it's great, but mm. I think at the same time, you know, I got to the end of 2017 and I was struggling mentally. A bit burned And out. I had to yeah. seek counselling. Yeah, yeah. Because I felt like I had all these different hats on yeah. and I didn't have Sam on anymore. Yeah. I had student, partner, mum, daughter... Yeah worker because I was also still working in the bookies trying yeah, to support yeah, myself because yeah. we don't as during your nurses training you don't get actual a wage yeah you got 500 pounds a month if that yeah. bursary and which I then cut yeah 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 which I then cut which I could go on to a whole ream about we'll save that for they, another you know, podcast that one yeah I know exactly but it, you know the politics behind it but I you know I didn't feel like myself anymore and I mm. sort of felt like I was walking through walking through life mm. not having any control mm. and 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 doing the things that I needed to do mm. you know I I walked away with with a degree that I am so proud of yeah one for completing be. it and mm. two for getting a good grade yeah um and you know for some people that you know it's like oh well the, the grade doesn't really matter in nursing mm. but for me it was a personal yeah achievement it was something I wanted to achieve yeah and you know, I, I, you know, I'm proud to say that I walked away with a first class honours. Yay! With my mum, with yeah. you know, being a mum. Yeah. Experiencing the stigma of yeah. being a student, and also, you know, and it, and and sort of dealing with the fact that you know, I've I've got these limitations, and I have to do what I'm told by uni I've got to do what I'm told by whatever placement I'm on. Yeah. I'm also having to rely on Ashley and my mum, like full throttle and them taking that on and then also dealing with the experience of being a new first-time mum after losses and not really dealing with that and then for the first time in my life dealing with real prejudice Mm. against the fact that I look quite young Mm. and so I remember someone saying to me oh you're a student and you've just had a baby. Yeah. Why would you do that? It's so irresponsible. Well, people love to give their and opinions sort of on being, these things, don't they? And you're just like, I know. And Ew. being kind yeah. of like mind blown yeah. and saying, listen, I've been working mm. since I was 16. I'm 28. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and that kind of like... It's well, good to have fresh, you know, that fresh real... face, Sam. You know, I mean... <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I mean, the listeners can't see, but I mean, I hope that I look, I don't look quite young. You look a lot younger than me. But that whole experience and, but, you know, but, well, no, you look young. But, you know, that whole idea that people are kind of, they see student Mm. and then they also see student nurse. Mm. The amount of times, Laura, I've been told, I don't want to speak to you, I want to speak to the doctor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? Mm. I'm the one giving you your care. Yeah, which you know, know. <laughs> my 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 role, my pregnancy with role, we had um in North London because we were living in North London then. We had a student midwife assigned to us because it was the teaching hospital at UCLH, and she was amazing. I mean, especially as a first time pregnancy, first time mum, like she yeah. talked us through stuff, kept us company between things, and like, you know, I'm all for, you know, students. I've worked with students, not nurses, but you know, I think. And pro students, so yeah, it's a shame that stigma's 
still there, isn't it? That it's, gonna... I think it's across the board, though, yeah. isn't it? It's like when you see a learner driver in the street, yeah. in the road, and you're like, oh, come. Yeah. you're stuck behind them, you're like, come well, on. I think, I think... And then you have to remind yourself, I was there too. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know, I was. I think I was, everyone's just very impatient, aren't they? I mean, I'm impatient with very. the kids and I'm impatient with people that don't serve me properly. You know, like we, we all need to just like take a step back and a deep breath and be more patient. Anyhow, this is me like completely digressing, but I think some of all that is no, a, it's a, thing, it's so. a good point though. Yeah. It's a good point. And I think also we experience that in the NHS. All the time. The, this, yeah, it's relentless all for the time. you guys, yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely relentless. Yeah. And for us, you know, being, being, you know, I'm a woman of colour mm. and being in that, this environment, working, experiencing it myself from maternity services, yeah. we, we are, and being a woman yeah. across the board, I remember a doctor saying, um, oh, I, uh, during the time that I had a miscarriage, she's saying, women feel things more than what's actually happening to their body. Oh my, oh my goodness, yeah. And I was sort of like, right, okay, but I'm telling you that I know something's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because now the NHS is a reactive service Mm. and it was never supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be a defensive service. Yeah. The goal for this government... Mm well, the previous, but, the, the, mm. you know, the, the coalition between the mm. Lib Dems and, and the Conservatives was to turn, t- um, by 2020, to transpose most of services into the community. Mm. That has not happened. Mm. And the reason behind it not happening is because there is such pushback from people wanting things now, 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 mm. and still the culture of not understanding that actually we can still provide services in the community yeah. just as well as providing in hospital. Yeah. And getting that to kind of coincide whilst also dealing with the fact that we've got, before the pandemic, mm. we already had issues in this country mm. Mm. with resources, mm. with the obesity crisis, mm. with m- mental health, yeah. with maternal mental health because the early years have been recognized as such um you know crucial years for 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 young people with you know like i said with going back to the mental health thing now we have a mental health crisis on our hands yeah pre-pandemic yeah and so um you know and we also have diabetes Mm. coronary heart disease all of these things are on high in this country yeah high in this country mm. and a lot of the services now are reacting to the mm. to to the to the outcome of this mm. and so the role my role that I have now is we're supposed to be we do I'm saying supposed to but we do our role is to educate young people and support in bringing down a lot of those physical ailments but also the mental health crisis that we're suffering However, the pandemic has pushed particularly, mm. it absolutely mm. exacerbated the mental health crisis. So um, it's, it's, you know, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And you said, so your role now in the community, working with young people, talk us through a little bit more about how that's worked in terms of like the shift in the pandemic, in terms of like more pressure, more cases, as you say, there's a crisis. 
like working situations, working environments going online. I'm sure you did some stuff online, but probably not anywhere near the volume that you've been doing. You know, tell us a little bit about that experience alongside, obviously, in first lockdown, school was closed, nursery was closed. You know, how did you, how did you process organize manage that especially when you said you're already feeling a bit burnt out as well like what's just tell us give us a flavor of that if that's okay Sam okay are you happy to do um, that (laughs) yeah absolutely so so in terms of I should probably give some background on the role Mm. so as a community specialist public health nurse health visitor or school nurse yeah um in this country how they the our role is nurse-led care And basically, we are to support young people from zero all the way through to adulthood and provide a second layer of care for most young people. And so the idea is that every young person, when they're born, has a GP and a health visitor until they're five and a school nurse until they're after that, until Mm. they're 19, Mm. because, you know... um, in education institutions mm. before they go to higher education go to some young people uh, sort mm. of almost 19 when they finish mm. so what that does is it, it's supposed to the idea is that every young person mm. has an allocated professional mm-hmm. behind them okay for their health okay that's the idea with health visiting irrespective of whether or not a child in nursery, mm. every young person has an allocated health visitor. Yeah. For school nursing, because there aren't enough of us, yeah. we can only work in state schools. Yeah. So every young person that attends a state school has an allocated school nurse okay. via the school, yeah. but also in boroughs. Mm. So the so we're, we're, we're employed by an NHS trust in a borough and then we are working in the schools in that borough yeah so and with the course with the post so you can do that as a band five you don't have to do the specialist course so you could have been working um, as in that for a school role nurse. in that environment you can work yeah. in that role okay. in this environment in the school nursing environment mm-hmm. as a band five the reason for doing the course is yeah. that you become a specialist yeah. um and you then can work with secondary in secondary school yeah okay that's the idea okay you work in secondary school and with the role, you also, not only do you do this health promotion element, mm. we support schools with dealing with young people who've got medical conditions. So yeah. that's anything from allergies, yeah. um, you know, to really, you know, we've got young ch- young people with pacemakers, et yeah, cetera, like, yeah, yeah. things like that. So, you know, we support the schools in developing their care plans. Yeah. And um, that's this is in my trust in my borough. That's what we do. Um, we also have the other side of the role, which is to work in children's safeguarding. Yeah. So we work very closely with social workers, particularly, yeah. and other um, and CAMS, which is child and adolescent mental health, okay. um, to support young people who are on plans and also experiencing mental health issues. Yeah. They're not necessarily having an alloc- allocated social worker, but they mm. have mental health issues. So we work. So it's really, you know, we we're in lots of different avenues. Yeah. When I started the course, the benefit of doing um, the postgraduate diploma and this course is that you have to be a registered nurse. You've got to be that So you're already going status. in with, yeah. you have to already yeah. be qualified. So you're learning on the job, Okay. which is great. It mm. was great. And for the first six months, mm. I mean, I was the only, um, 
I was the only one that wasn't a peds nurse out of my group of girls. That peds being pediatric. My trust. Pediatric, sorry, yeah, pediatric nurse. Right. I was the only adult nurse. Yeah. Um, and there were four of us, four students. Yeah. And um, we were all registered nurses, but four students doing the course yeah. in my trust. And um, two had already worked in school nursing, so they kind of knew. The other was already previously a pediatric nurse, so she knew how to work with young people. I had absolutely no idea what mm. I was stepping into yeah, at all. Yeah, you just knew you had like, an interest, and yeah, I just knew that I had an interest. Yeah, um, I had a fantastic, like I cannot sing her praises enough, mentor. Okay, who had been in this business? She'd been as a school nurse for years, uh-huh. years. So she'd seen it through the different changes in the role, um, and she was a wealth of knowledge. Mm. So that I was really lucky in that sense that yeah. I was. Um, being linked to her yeah, she yeah, was yeah. my mentor because yeah. she knew I was up front from the beginning I said I've got no idea what this is wrong mm. I can only know what I read but I don't actually know what I'm doing yeah so for the first six months I started last September it's a year course yeah so it's intense I yeah, mean they kept yeah. saying to us it was intense I was like I've had a baby and done a BSC yeah like, I, I got this. a first yeah give them that yeah, yeah. Like, I can do this you know like in my head like right <laughs> arrogant much but no I, no no, know, no like, not at all I can do this it's fine and um yeah no I wasn't prepared I mean I was mm. I, I, I was I was okay yeah and then the pandemic happened yeah and our service I work across three boroughs so yeah. I I work predominantly in one I work in Westminster yeah um but we our team covers Kensington and Chelsea and Chelsea as well okay and we've got a team of about 60 which seems a lot but probably not if you think about the number of young people yeah (laughs) yeah no not at all I mean in one of my secondary schools alone I cover I am the nurse for over a thousand children oh my goodness and I have five schools you know that's just one of my schools so yeah it's not Mm, enough no um so we have a team of roughly about 60 and all but seven of us were redeployed okay to services as in and frontline nhs covid redeployment yeah okay absolutely and so who was left was a team lead yeah uh, an experienced band six uh the head of admin who was you know in this in this role it's not you know it's admin it's proper you know they help us triage etc yeah um keep the service going yeah to be honest in, in that I can sense. imagine and that person needs to be on it yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and then the four students I'm doing for students in inverted commas yeah. but the four of us who were doing the course and between us we had some more staff but lots of people became unwell yeah and um, so for or their kids might have been unwell months, and then they had absolutely yeah, whatever yeah absolutely mm. Um, we're having to shield because mm. of being unwell, mm. um, you know, being high risk rather, sorry. And we had to turn the service remote because we still had to protect young people. Yeah. And so we um, predominantly wow. became focused on safeguarding because that was the most vulnerable. Priority. Mm. Priority, yeah. Mm. And so for pretty much two months, mm. that was, it was just the seven of us two almost three months just the seven of us wow keep crack cracking on and just trying to keep we turn the whole service remote when the staff eventually were mm. able to come back to us we lost a lot of staff mm. um for completely understandable reasons yeah. and we had to teach 
we, you know, we as the students are now teaching experienced members of staff how to turn remote because we yeah. had we weren't allowed to go into school because schools were closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I worked with with my, I mean, they're friends for life to be honest. But I can't we imagine them not from, being having gone through that. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we worked all the way through from April. We worked it out twenty two and a half weeks with no break. Yeah. And doing wow. exams and our final essays wow. on top of working. So with my childcare, um, my husband, to give yeah. some background, is a engineer. Yeah, yeah. He works also in the NHS um, as a mechanical engineer. Mm. So he had to go in. Yeah. Because they had to keep they had to keep the hospital running. Of course. They had to do all the ventilation and yeah. you know when. Yes, the nurses yeah. and the doctors were dealing with the patients, but they had to make everything COVID safe yeah. in terms of the building. And probably a so lot of Ash old buildings go... as well. And oh my God, anyhow, mm-hmm. yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah, so Ash had to go in. I had to work. And I had to make the decision mm. that I could not have the girls home with me. Yeah. Because um, it was too sensitive. I was going to say. that I was dealing yeah, with. Yeah, there'd have been child protection reasons yeah. as well and child yeah. protection exactly mm. and so I, for both ways like for your family for both and for ways, your yeah um patients yeah mm. absolutely so for me i know how lucky i am mm. that i've got my parents who mm. live fairly close by mm. um and so we we literally isolated for two weeks yeah and then handed no well Ash isolated for two weeks. I then had the girls for another, say, 10 days. Okay. And then I had to hand them over to my mum and dad Monday to Friday. Yeah. And that and get them back on the weekends. That would have been hard for everybody. I mean, yeah, you missing them. I mean, not for them. Oh, yeah. They were like The sweet girls are living yeah. their absolute <laughs> best life. You know, my, my parents, I, I, you know... Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know how lucky I am. My my mum and dad just, I, I don't, and I'd be lost. I'd be lost without them. And, and um, I don't know if I tell them how much I appreciate them, but I do. Tell them now. Deeply. Yeah. Yeah, I do, you know, and, but, but they both got it and they both knew because they're both high risk as well. Yeah. I'm diabetic. My mum's diabetic and my dad's got um, a form of peripheral neuropathy. But they, my parents, you know, Avery could have gone into school because we were key workers yeah. at school. You know, to give them their credit, they were saying, Sam, if you can find alternative provision, please, because we've also yeah. got staff to worry about. Both you and Ashley are frontline. And yeah. I said, yeah, absolutely, I get it. Yeah. And my parents were just like, you know, we'll have them. And a school so day the girls is, were fine. A school day isn't a working day either. So even if you know to get them in for nine till half two or three, because obviously... The short the hours are shortened even at the minute. You still would have had what you do at pickup and yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, absolutely. And I mm. still nurseries were closed. Yeah. And our little our little one was not even two at the time. Yeah. So there was no chance of her going anywhere. Yeah. And like I said, school were great. They were like, we're trying to yeah. find this. I was like, don't worry, I'm going to sort it out. So we did this isolation, and the girls went, and I missed them terribly. I know. And I know. sort of people, you know, I know that. So, oh, you're kid free, but I was working. Ash was, we were doing past our hours most of the time. Yeah. It was really emotionally draining. You know, there was no respite because you couldn't go out. Yeah. There was no chance to have a breather. No. 
there, what could you do? We were in a pandemic. Yeah. There was nothing we could do. So um, mm. that that was a lot. Mm. And actually, I'm glad though because the girls have got they were able to have time that they're never going to have back. Yeah. One with their grandparents and two with each other. Yeah, it is. You know, and on, there are some on the weekend. I was so pleased. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And on the weekend, I was so pleased to have them back. Mm. Miss them deeply. And when I did, mm. you know, if I did get a random day off then I I went and saw them and I and I popped over to my parents yeah, yeah, yeah. every evening because I was fundamentally working I was working from home, from but home on a remote system um, yeah on yeah. a remote basis yeah um but when school started that then was another shift yeah I was gonna say and even now because yeah tell us a little bit about the current scenario and then maybe we'll we'll think about just some thoughts on the future Sam so let's yeah what's the current setup with so the current scenario was by so I finished my postgraduate diploma in the midst of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> was then promoted. Congratulations. Also. Um, thank you by my team. So I've taken on a new role. I'm yeah. I'm in a more senior role. Yeah. Um, which then meant I was work. I'm now working autonomously. Okay. Um, and because schools have gone back and the government, the way that they've run it is that the schools are remaining open. Mm. I was then allocated my schools and I've been working with my schools. Okay. And what I've discovered is that not only did we have a backload, a backlog yeah. um, from March yeah. to September, yeah. young people have come back with experiencing oh yeah. a, a, you know, a treble fold yeah. in what we're dealing with. And even during the pandemic, to set the scene, you know, yeah. we when they were saying sort of domestic violence cases were On the exponentially yeah. increasing, yeah. they were. So I've come back, I've, well, I've come back to the team, the same team that I did my mm. training in, in a more senior role, yeah. now on my own, yeah. but, you know, not on my own because yeah. I've got mentors and everything and I've got great support, I've got a great team. Yeah. But dealing with young people yeah. who don't know what to do, don't know how to feel, anxiety through the roof. They miss their friends. Yeah. You know, this is a big thing. Yeah. And we take it for granted as adults mm. that we can make a phone call. Yeah. yeah, these young people can make a phone call because they've got access to smartphones, majority yeah. of them now. Yeah. But there's also so much negative content yeah. that a young person's mind is not mature enough to necessarily process and in the way that we that. would process mm. as adults yeah. and how to navigate that. Yeah. It's a lot for them to deal with. So sometimes when I'm talking to young people and I'm going, you have to take a step back and you can't be, you have to be the adult and the professional, but you also can't put your adult professional views on them. them. And also you don't have the time, Sam, if you're playing catch up on all the pre-existing health underlying issues that, you know, have been put aside a bit for a while. I mean, I know at a very basic level with Rowan and her allergy stuff, that all got kind of put aside. So if you're playing catch up with all those day-to-day health things as long as more serious health things and then the repercussions of the pandemic and the mental health you don't you want to listen to them say they're stressed but I imagine your caseload is massive and doesn't always allow it even it is massive mm. it is but I do listen yeah you find that so how you know Mm. my how I now being an autonomous practitioner Mm how I have to manage my time mm. 
it's up to me how I manage my time. Okay. And I feel like the best thing that I can do, particularly for the two the, the two secondary schools that I work in, mm. is that I go every week and sit there for one day, whole day. You have a day in school. And so that is my dedicated time yeah. to that school. Yeah. Because now Ava's gone back to to school. Yeah. Rowan has now started nursery. She's yeah. two. So she goes two days a week because that's all we can afford because yeah. it's terribly expensive. Mm. Childcare. And my mum has, um, looks after Ro uh, three days a week. Yeah. That's what she wanted. And that's when I see your mum we on the school to, run. Yeah. You know, yeah. she, I was saying, you know, we'll try and put her in nursery more. And she was like, no, 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 I'll do three days. And I was like, okay, fine, you do that. Um, <laughs> well, she's had that you, time because, with that because intense I, time with them as well, hasn't she? Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, because I should also say when we, mm. when Ash and I had Avery, we were also um, in the process of getting our house. Yeah. And um, so we had to live with my parents for a year. Mm. And so she's, Avery had that bond from the beginning yeah and so my mum is sort of she feels playing catch up with Rowan but there's no catch up I mean that little girl she calls my mum mummy oh my half goodness. the time yeah, yeah, so yeah. like they, they they've got that bond anyway so my mum has um does pick up and drop off three days yeah. a week and then we manage it for two days a week yeah and so I have to tell myself that you know for the other three days I have to do everything else and still see my other schools and do what I can yeah. But for the two secondary schools that I have, I have to give myself a day there each because they need it, because the young people need it, even if it's just a debrief. Um, And, you know, within that, I have to prioritise my work and make sure I'm, you know, meeting my targets, etc. But I I just don't feel... You'd be doing your job properly otherwise. No, no, exactly. Mm. I don't feel that I'd be doing my job properly if I didn't give them that opportunity and just make myself visible. Yeah. And luckily I've got two schools that are great to work with and want to work with me and are happy with the way that I run my sessions and organize it. Yeah. Um, And I've, and I've built a relationship with them over the last three months, Mm. but, and other school nurses do the same and other school nurses do things differently in another, but, and and I'm lucky in this borough that we can kind of manage that, Mm. although it is, a lot but it's a lot mm. for me to take on because in other boroughs they've got even less nurses yeah and that is because the job is not as promoted mm. and is not as visible mm. as it should be yeah Pure, purely because we like i said earlier we are a, rea- a reactive service yeah, yeah. this is a defensive measure in some regards mm. um so it's so it's one of those things about cha- you know this there would have to be a whole system rewrite yeah, yeah. in order to get it right. Yeah. And, you know, it would be great if there are some listeners, you're some of your listeners yeah. here that are nurses and that could, you know, look into it because, I, I mean, I personally yeah, find yeah. it really re- rewarding and I'm glad that I've done it. But it is a lot and it's a lot as a parent, mm. ever more so than ever before, mm. I've had to kind of think, how do I manage this? Mm. How do I not work over my time? Mm. How do I get my work home life balance? Mm. And that's something that I'm still working on. And yep. that I've said to myself, and you'll in have the to new keep year, working on it, probably. As the I'm going to have to keep working on it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be an overnight, overnight mm. thing and an overnight switch. Mm. Um, but because sometimes I do feel like the, the, mm. the job is getting more of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to stop and go, right, how am I going to shift this a bit and move it? 
Well, all credit to you, Sam. Like, you know, the fact that you've, you know, gone through those shifts, gone through a new set of qualifications in the pandemic, have worked to support young people as best you can in that situation, kept your kids happy because they always look so lovely and happy. And your mum, I mean, just your family, all credit to all of you, really. And yeah, I've loved interviewing you because I've heard more now about how you got up to that point because I you know I get (laughs) get snippets of it and I've seen you when you first qualify well first finished this extra qualification like really happy outside the school you know like I've seen little snippets yeah that you know have made me think there's a good story and not that story belittles it you know it's it's what you've lived so it's more than a story it's like a good experience that you have shared with us so I really appreciate you doing that Sam and um oh no thank you well thank you for asking me to come on I mean it's it's really nice like we're lucky I think living in the area that we do that we've had some that there are some really great people that live around and you being one of them yeah um it's really it's been really wonderful getting to know the parents yeah some of you know the parents it's been really great we've got a nice community we never had that before no we have absolutely Mm. and ash and i never had that before yeah we never really had mums or dads that would kind of when avery was at nursery we just never really had that and i love i love a bit of that community like you know even but like last week you know i was went to Max Roach to pick up something for Casper and then they gave me a little present for me and I was like I don't need this you know and she was like it's not about need I want you to have it you know and then Dorothy yeah. at the community center did something for the kids and you know our neighbors we did a craft noon on zoom with some of our neighbors and you know I just That's fantastic I know I just feel like there are nice people out there and um absolutely we've just got to find each other and then once we do find each other share the love right I mean don't just keep it like I'm all about anyhow no don't get me started on my like community champion voice because like you'll be happy no absolutely and I (laughs) I just think as well like during this pandemic it's been really yes it's been intense Mm. it's been a lot it's been overwhelming for everybody but on the flip side of it I just think it's been one of those rare occasions that you've really seen the community champion um together you know, even I remember when my dad said to me, how do you feel about the people clapping? Don't get sucked into it mm. for the NHS. And yeah. I thought for the first couple of times, I did think, no, this is really great. This is yeah, really yeah, this is yeah. really a wonderful thing. Yeah. However, we're just not given credit where credit is no. due with our government. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know, it's yeah. great that the community and everybody, okay. you know, the yeah. people that I come across, if they see my, but I've literally walked down the road mm. with my lanyard on and people have gone, thanks. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, that uh, that's so kind. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm sort of like, you don't need to thank me. I'm doing this. Yeah. I am doing this because not for recognition. I'm doing it just because I love it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, yeah. and it does make me feel quite uncomfortable when people are like, oh, you're doing no, such a no, good no, job. No. And I'm just sort of like, no, I, that I really, I do, it people, is nice people and I appreciate it. Do you want but to it say isn't, that? Yeah. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it, and I and I have to learn to take a compliment better. Yes, yeah, but yeah. you know, as at the same time, I do this purely because I'm passionate about the next generation, mm. and mm. we have to support them. Yeah, because Agreed. they, Agreed. you know, I have real concerns, and I know I'm not the only one. But it's very easy to think about us as adults. Yeah, but actually, 
young people yeah i i would say that arguably experiencing it harder yeah yeah than us yeah no and and so any little thing that i can do to 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 alleviate some of the stress mm. i will yeah but i know that i can't you know sometimes i'm talking to the young people and it's literally like talking to a brick wall no no no, no. i'm sure i'm just... sure i'm sure you you know get the best out of them in that teenage way as well i'm sure you manage it i can see you managing it <laughs> apparently i have banter that's what one of them said to me the other day and i said okay <laughs> and you're like is that a good thing or da, da, da. <laughs> i know i was like well i don't i don't know because they also find me hilarious because i don't understand like i know what tiktok is but mm. I, oh. I i didn't ever i didn't download it so i didn't really know i kind of seen snippets through well, that's Instagram. what you can do over the christmas holiday sam right i expect no, to I see don't. some i mean i'm challenge challenge Some each TikToks. other this. yeah 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 oh sam <laughs> no well i just i just don't know well you can try it's your new year's chat <laughs> christmas new year challenge well sam thank you again for coming on the podcast lovely to speak for oh, you thank you for wishing you me. and your beautiful family a happy christmas and happy new and year yay and well we'll send each Sorry other some for pics waffling. no you've not waffled you've shared something really important so thank you sam So you've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions with me, Laura Broderick, and my guest today, Sam Harris-Thomas. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the mini-series and you'll listen some more when we manage to get season two out at some point in 2021. 